are listening to a pre-recorded episode of The Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. coming to you with another edition of the Urban Wire, pre-recorded episode of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, We're going to be doing some pre-recorded shows, like we're going to come back later on this year. Um, We're currently revamping the live show, but you know, just like I was talking to one of my co-hosts, JR earlier, you know, you know, you just want to get people a little something, you know, it's just like when you're trying to renovate a, 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 a business or renovate a house or something like that, you still want people to have access, but you just, you know, just want to get them a little something to hold them over until you bring out the new and approved version of a business or whatever you're, you're doing. So we're just going to um, keep bringing you quality news and commentary until then. Um, right now, I just want to get a few little housekeeping things out of the way because we've been off the air for so long. It's been since September of, or October, I believe. And I just want to come back and just welcome everyone back to all our supporters. Thank you for continuing your support of this broadcast. Um, let me see what's going on. Uh, okay, I just re- mentioned the revamping of the show. We're going to have a lot more... Uh, probably going to bring on some new commentators we're just going to change the kind of the the sound and the look of the show and we're going to also do more YouTube podcasts or we're going to probably upload more of our um, audio podcasts up to um, YouTube so we're just going to do try some different things we're going to have more guests coming on the show and we're going to see how the pre-recorded broadcast goes before um, jumping back into the live live stream broadcast and you know we might mix it up a little bit you know here and there and just to give everybody a break um because i know by the time spring comes people start you know are preparing to go on vacations and just it's just a lot of things that are happening in spring so you know just just a little bit about what's been going on with me i've just been dealing with a lot the past couple uh, months like my father passed and just um, I had a couple other relatives pass, but you know that's all behind me in 2016. So I'm just trying to move ahead in 2017 and just um, try to make the the most out of this year. Um, we're gonna go straight to the lines real quick, and um, I believe we have our one of our associates online. Um, Jr., are you online with us right now? I am. I'm sitting right here listening to you, brother. All right. So what's been going on with you this past couple of months? Like, you know, I mean, are you, uh, how's your new year going so far? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to start things off by, once again, you know, just saying my condolences. I know the loss of a parent, man. I lost my father too last year, and uh, I know it's tough, but, you know, you, you... 
with every day that passes, you end up finding yourself shining in their light, you know, living their life. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad, I know he's up in heaven looking down, smiling, you know. Um, man, I tell you, it, it, it's, it's been some weird, weird stuff going on here lately, huh? I tell you, yeah, it's a lot going on today, and I said, you know, I want to jump right into um, what we're going to be discussing tonight because, um, as you all know, this week will mark the beginning um, phases of Donald Trump's presidency of the United States of America, so we're going to be um, discussing that, and we're also going to be discussing the fact of what that means for minorities because like as you know um, as you all know this this is a um, network that is geared towards minority issues and um, just issues that are, that are impact the urban community so we're going to talk about his inauguration everything that's been leading up to that because we really didn't get a chance to cover the election and stuff like that so I just want to uh, backtrack talk about that and we're going to talk about what does this uh, administration well, Trump and his administration, what what does it mean for them? Well, for us, as far as minorities, what you know, what do we have to look forward to, and what can we expect, and how can we make the most out of these next four years? And also, in conjunction with that, I want to talk about the entire John um, Rep- Representative John Lewis debacle, as far as like uh, some of Trump's disparaging comments towards this this civil civil rights activist and icon. We're going to talk about that. Also, I'm going to give you an update on the Orlando mass killing. Um, there's been some new developments that have came out on that case. Right. The wife of the killer, she is being charged with pretty much being an accessory to murder. So, uh, we're going to accomplish. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to get into detail with that. And also, we're going to start touching on this issue because I know. Have you heard about the whole Bishop Bishop Eddie Long passing? Did you hear about that? No, I did not. Yeah, like you know, he's been sick, right? Right. Yeah. So he just passed to. Um, I think Sundays, yeah. So we're gonna talk about that, and then the whole Kimberell thing, and how she's been pretty much um, dogging out the LGBT community, and then she also kind of threw Bishop Eddie Long under the bus too. So we're gonna start talking about this tonight. Um, me and C on our segment later on this week um, on our show, we're gonna talk about this more in depth. But I just want to jump into this, and we're gonna talk about religion tonight. We're gonna talk about how. Religion is being used to oppress people. How religion is being used to justify hatred in this country. So we're going to talk about a lot of that tonight. Um, this this is going to probably we're going to try to run through these stories really quick since it's not a live broadcast. It'll probably probably be under an hour. But I just wanted to address these issues since these are some of the hot but button topics in. Um, in the news right now. So, as as you all know, Trump's inauguration will be this Friday, January 20th, um, 2017. And it's going to be, of course, at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. 
Um, this will mark the beginning of his four-year term. As we all know, especially people that live here in Indiana, Mike Pence is his vice president. And, you know, depending on your perspective on things, like I know a lot of people um, that I know, especially people here that live in Indiana, like they know what Pence's track record is. We know personally what he's done here. And a lot of people are actually more concerned about him being the vice president than Trump himself because he's going to be since he has experience in um, running a you know um, local government or um, running you know being a governor here in Indiana he's going to probably be a lot be Trump's kind of like mouthpiece for a lot of things he's going to probably be his advisor of a lot of things that Donald Trump is going to try to do so a lot of people are really concerned about Mike Pence especially with some of the legislation that he has passed here in Indiana and um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that people are worried about especially people that know who he is here in Indiana so I want to jump into uh, this article that is hosted on CNN.com and I'm gonna pull this up really quick if I can. Let's see. Yeah, pretty much this is just giving a summary of what the events are gonna be. I'm just gonna give you, um, just read a couple lines from this article. Um, this was posted about an hour ago, but they're saying that they're expecting hundreds of thousands of people. Um, convening on Washington for his inauguration on January the 20th and they were talking about how um, the security around the events is expected to cost over 100 million dollars so this is going to be a pretty pricey inauguration and we're going to go into this I'm going to try to go into this article still pulling up to see what kind of events that they have planned. Which I think that's pretty much the length of it. I think they were just seeing how much it's going to cost. Um, I haven't really heard of who's supposed to be performing there. But I... I I don't know, like, have you heard of anything about as far as, like, um, who's supposed to be performing at some of the events? Now, they're, they're saying that a lot of the Democrat people in the Democratic um, Party are playing on boycotting this event. And um, they said right now there are about 16 individuals from the Democratic Party that are planning on boycotting this event. Um, right. Yeah, and a lot of these people are people from the Black Caucus and like uh, people that have supported civil rights, uh, civil rights throughout the years and stuff like that. And it's just going to be really uh, interesting to see what develops from this. Some of the people that are going to be boycotting this are North. Carolina um, Representative Alma Adams 
California Representative Karen Bass, Virginia Representative, uh, let's see, yeah, Don Bayer, um, Pennsylvania Representative Brandon Boyle, and it's, it's several people that are pretty much um, going to be boycotting this event. So it's just going to be really interesting to see uh, who's going to actually show up. The faces that are going to show up, the celebrities that are going to show up. And, uh, I mean, it's a huge, this is a long list of people. So the tensions are definitely boiling up right now. You got people from New Hampshire. You have people from Oregon. You have representatives from Washington, Florida, California. You even have people from Mississippi that are planning this. So it's not just a northern thing or a southern thing. You have people um, from the Democratic Party altogether that are planning on boycotting this event. Well, well, inauguration, I should say, but I think it's going to be an event because that's what it's going to be. You know, uh, Donald Trump likes to do things big, so it's going to be more like a social light kind of event, I right. think. So... Um, that's pretty much it with that. Now, I wanted to discuss Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has been in the news because he recently met with Donald Trump. And a lot of people are criticizing him for even meeting with Trump. And um, it came out today that he's defending his actions on uh, meeting with Trump. And there's an article, I'm going to read a little bit of it from The Hill, and I'm going to get your opinion on this, um, JR, in a minute. I just want to read this because he's defending uh, himself meeting uh, with Trump. And I and I, and I kind of have my opinions about it, too, because, you know, uh, I, I feel that people are pretty much throwing him under the bus for no reason. I, I, I disagree with that. But I'm going to read okay. this article by Steve Harvey, well, by The Hill, and it's written by Judy Kurtz, and she's a writer for The the Hill, and the article is entitled, Steve Harvey Defends Meeting with Trump. Steve Harvey is defending his face-to-face with President-elect Donald Trump, saying, quote, change can only happen when we sit at the table. If we sit at the table, then we can have a say as to what's to be eaten on the menu the worst the the tv host said monday on his radio show while deflecting criticism of meeting with trump quote i have an obligation to take a seat at the table when invited the comedian in face of the steve harvey show and family feud touched down at the trump tower on friday for a one-on-one that that he said came at the president elect's request in comments to reporters immediately following the meeting harvey said that he discussed urban development with a quote really really sincere unquote trump harvey who had who had been critical of trump during the 2016 white house race called it important to meet with the real estate mongrel because the the only way we can heal the divide is in this country is through conversation. The entertainer gave credit to Trump, saying after he told the president-elect that he wanted to aid in any way I could to help 
improve the housing conditions in the inner cities, Trump immediately got Dr. Ben Carson on the phone. Carson is Trump's pick, le- pick to head the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Quote, I've never seen anybody jump into action so quickly at a request, Harvey exclaimed. Um, I am not a Republican. I mean, I'm not a politician. I'm sorry. So quite naturally, I'm thinking there's a ton of red tape. But Harvey, 60 years old, expressed surprise at the intense backlash he received. Quote, on a personal note, a lot of y'all hurt me. You really did. I didn't expect the backlash to be so fierce, he said. If I'm going to keep getting stabbed at, then at least while you're stabbing me, you should understand my intent for making the meeting in the first place. Harvey said his get-together with Trump left him hopeful. Quote, when I walked away, I was feeling like there might be a real chance for some positive to come out of what so many think is all gloom and doom. So pretty much that's the end of that article. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, this is my thing. Because I have a couple I have a couple issues with this whole um, situation. Now, I can't... I'm really not going to come down hard on Steve Harvey for a, for a couple of reasons. Um, anybody that knows Steve Harvey, he's been an advocate for... Um, the black community. He's done a lot of things for young black black boys. He's been a really huge supporter, and just had he has been a, a positive icon throughout the years. And I think that his intentions on meeting with Trump were good. Like you know, um, I think that you know, with him just even bringing some of the issues that are impacting the, the African American community to Trump, him being bold enough to bring those issues to him, I think that warrants a lot of respect because. A lot of these same people that are um, complaining about Trump being in office, you know, you know, my thing is, it's like he's been given a, a platform or get, been given the opportunity to sit down with this man and to and discuss some of these issues that um, that are concerning him. You know, he could have brought anything to that man. He could have sat down and, you know, just chopped it up with him and, and not said a thing about issues impacting the um, African-American and urban community. So I have to give him respect for that. You know, and I think, you know, he should be, these people should be glad that he's trying to sit down with anybody in our community to um, talk about concerns, things that concern us. So I don't really understand. this time. Yeah. On his time, nonetheless. Exactly. So I don't really understand where all the backlash is coming from. Now, on the other hand, I will say this. Why is it that Trump only wants to meet with people that are entertainers and sports figures and things of that nature? You don't want to meet with people that are... And I'm not saying Steve Harvey is not on an intellectual level, but you don't want to think you don't you never want to meet with some of the big uh, big time think tanks in the African-American community. You don't want to meet with some of the people that are really out here uh, pushing for social change and things of that nature. You know, it's always you want to meet with these simple minded Negroes. And I, and I hate to use that, that, that terminology, but for the most part, you know. It 
kind of bothers me that he thinks of our community, and I and I and I put up a post on Facebook about this the other day, like you know, um, because this, we're going to talk about the whole John Lewis um, thing in a minute. But to me, it seems like a lot of times Trump only thinks that our community is full of uh, depravity and uh, low economic standing and just just uh, just uh, like crime and. In, in poverty, he—that's all he thinks of when when it comes to African Americans, and he thinks the only people that can be uh, successful are people that are entertainers, or people that are pretty much put out there as uh, walking minstrel shows. Pretty much, if you're not a, if you're not an entertainer, you're not a sports figure, you're not someone that is out here entertaining the masses. He doesn't think that. You're successful. He doesn't think um, of our community being full of business professionals and and um, intellectuals and things like that that are able to uh, be productive citizens of society. And that's what bothers me because I know um, D.L. Hughley he made a comment about that. You know, um, he got on. He had I think it was an Instagram post, and I might play that here in a little bit if I can um, pull it up. I'm gonna pull it up while. I'm talking to you, but he made a good point about, you know, why is it the only people that you want to meet up with are entertainers and people that um, are pretty much stereotypes. And I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying that Steve Harvey's a stereotype because I think Steve Harvey, he... um, even though he is an entertainer, I think he's very intellectual in his own right. And um, but I think why aren't you meeting up with some of the other quote unquote black leaders? I hate saying black leaders because I don't think that anybody can represent a whole group of people. But right. you understand what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to play this real quick. I think I I found it. This of DL Hughley, and I'm gonna see if you hear it. I'm going to turn this volume up real quick. Uh, I'm going to play this and hopefully... Okay. It, it amazes me Can that you hear? convince black people that Donald Trump cares about nah, I... takes pictures with celebrities. It, it's amazing to me. Oh, no, if Donald Trump cared about black people, he wouldn't have denigrated the president uh, with those claims of birtherism. He wouldn't have stoked fears and racist fears of saying this man is less than or is not one of us to become president. He wouldn't have, in the debates, talked about bringing back stop and frisk. Jeff Sessions would most certainly would not be his pick to head the Justice Department. Donald Trump takes pictures with black people. You know why you have a comedian, a rapper, and a football player uh, out to talk about the concerns of the community? Because that's the positions you're used to seeing us in. You'd have, rather have black people be football players, comedians, and rappers than the president. You'd rather see us run the ball than run the country. That's why you do it. I ain't going to never forget what you said about this man and how you got where you are. Some people might, but I never will. I'll never forget how you denigrated his family. I'll never get, forget how you stoked fears. Fuck you now and fuck you forever. So... That was his response to all this. He was one of the people that kind of came down on Steve Harvey. He didn't come down on him directly, but he pretty much voiced his opinion about why are you only interviewing entertainers? Like, why are you only interviewing sports athletes? 
athletes and stuff of that nature. But I'm I'm gonna let you um, give your point of view and your side and your commentary on this because I know you probably have a lot to say about this. Oh, I do. Uh, first off, I'm gonna start off by saying that as of Donald Trump's inauguration, my name will be changed to Sal Silverstein. I'm from Yonkers. Now, with that being said, long live Trump, because I can't think of anything in this world more scarier than the Mike Pence presidency. Now, you know, here's the thing. We cannot, we've got to look at things in a different way. We as minorities got to be walking on eggshells. Although it's tiresome, we have to. Because unfortunately for us, everything with us does get stereotyped. You know? Take, for example, you know, you, you got Trump getting ready to come into president. You know, he has made open invites to multiple, multiple people. And he has been getting backlash for it. Okay, no big deal. Today I saw a video, though, that did kind of disturb me. It's from one of our own in Indiana, Representative Ben Carson. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen this? Him bashing on Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. No. For meeting with Trump. Yes. For meeting with Trump. You know, we can't make change if we're not willing to go to the table. Right. You know, it's it's just that simple. You know, to have a civil discussion between two opposing parties is how you progress in life. You know, I may not like my neighbor. But that doesn't mean I hate him. To pass prejudices before I even meet them or even give them a chance to make me hate them is ignorance on my part. Mm -hmm. You know? I cannot judge Trump for anything he has done up to date. I may not like the way he ran his campaign, which I was very vocal about. I thought he ran... A horrible campaign, as I refer to it the entire time, a spaghetti campaign, because he just threw spaghetti against the wall and seen what shot. Yeah. He, he ran with fear. He ran with, you know, uh, a, at times, borderline racism. Yeah, and the reason I say borderline is, again, it, it ain't going to ever stick, you know? He just kind of threw it out there. He threw enough out there to get get the get the people that I believe are the minority to come out of the woodworks. Okay, and I'm not talking minority as in you know African Americans, Hispanics, and what so. I'm talking the minority, that ignorant few that is just very vocal about what they think about minorities. You know what I'm saying? He got their vote. It may have been a third party thing, but he have got he got their vote. You know? Donald Trump is a businessman. And 
I honestly believe Bill Clinton got off is, uh, you know, the, the whole Monica Lewinsky thing by taking tips from Trump. Mm-hmm. But the reason Trump is our president right now is one reason, one reason only. The Democrats put Hillary in that position. Because I'm sorry, man, but Hillary Clinton was not going to win. Hey, JR. You know, that... Hey, JR, um, hold that thought real quick. I'm going to go to a quick break, and um, when we come back, I'm gonna, I want you to continue that thought. Um, I think I need right. to um, take care of something technical real quick, but we're going to be right back in a brief second. You are listening to a pre-recorded episode of The Urban Wire, brought to you by The Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. a quick break jr um what what were you saying about um pretty much you were, we were discussing about we have to be open about sitting at the table was it was that the last right. thing you were talking about yeah 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 the, the thing is is we can't progress we can't move forward if we're not willing to listen to the other side you know it, for, and right now, one of the things that we, you know, we can't judge Trump based on the mass, the idiot masses that are out there just downgrading us, all right? They, them are not Trump's people. They may be the same color, but them are not Trump's people. Trump doesn't even know them. He doesn't associate with them. These people think that he's their president. They're going to be in for a rude awakening. These people ain't sitting at the table eating caviar with Donald Trump. <laughs> All right? Yeah. So, so, speaking is this. When the opportunity arises to make change, you know, we have to jump on it. Look, I don't agree with the way he ran his campaign, but one thing I will say that I fully support has been every appointee he has made thus far with the exception of his vice president. I love the idea of Ben Carson in charge of HUD. I love the idea of General retired General Mattis in charge of the Department of Defense. You know, I, I mean, it, it's... Let me tell you what, when he announced for Mattis to be in his cabinet, I promise you the whole world took a step back and said, oh, hell. You know, they, they, it's time to... It is time to start looking at things a, a different way because here's the thing. Donald Trump may be many things. He may be a con man at times. He may be a wealthy beyond belief. He may not even be able to relate to the common person, let alone the, mi the struggles of the minority, okay? But the one thing Donald Trump can do is this, is he can bring change for one simple 
simple reason. He's a businessman. And under no circumstances has he been corrupted by the masses of politics, whether Republican or Democrat. You know, as anybody that knows me knows, I'm an independent right down the middle. I look at things in a totally different way. I give the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. I may not agree with everything they do, but I will support what's right, and I will condemn what's wrong. You know? And it's the thing. The idiots are out. And you have got a right to defend what you believe. I will go to no extremes to defend my household and my family. And I would not expect anybody else to do anything different. Right. You know? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, So, you know, before judgment gets passed, let the man do something wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and quit. And, yeah, yeah. No, nobody speaks for me but me. Yeah. Okay. But but don't be condemning those that are attempting to bring, you know, uh, ideas to move forward and, and quit condemning. Because by condemning those, it's going to make others take a step back. You know. A little history lesson. For those of you that don't know, as it stands today, for anyone who's a union member, the unions will always tell you to vote Democrat, but it wasn't always the case. As a matter of fact, it wasn't the case until the 1980s when the Air Traffic Controllers Union went on strike in the middle of a day. And Ronald Reagan overrode that, made it a criminal act to do that, because they were putting lives in danger with the planes that were up in the air. Since that day, the unions have switched to the Democratic Party. You know, be an independent thinker and do your own research. And that's you, how you. That's how you grow. So let me ask you this: Like, do you think that that's the problem today? Not only just in um, politics, but just in general. Like, people aren't independent thinkers. You know, even if we look at the um, entire, um, if we look at the media, for example, you know, a lot of people do not know how to critically analyze information. People are sponges right. and they take anything and everything that they hear in the media and they they are being able to be uh, to allow other people's propaganda to shape and form their opinions with, without actually analyzing do, the information themselves. Like that's why a lot of people do, I see a lot do, of people, I th- do I think it? Do I think that? Absolutely. I know it is fact. Let me tell you something that happened this election. You always heard about Trump doing this and Trump doing that, okay? But this actually happened to me personally. My mother, Seneca, you met my mom. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. My mother, who watches the news channels from Puerto Rico on her dish, right? On the news channel, WAPA News. In case you don't know what the channel is, it's WAPA, W-A-P-A. They were announcing in Puerto Rico that Donald Trump will deport all Puerto Ricans if he gets elected. 
Oh, wow. You know, the, the misinformation behind that is beyond reason, yet people were taking it as fact. My mother was arguing with me over that. You know, she's like, oh, it, it has to be true. It was on the news. And the thing is, a lot of the older people are like that. Because there was a time when the news was impartial and credible. Yeah. There was a time when the news stood for what was right. Now it stands for the corporate dollars that are coming in. And see, now I can jump in on this. Like, you know, with me, um, I have um, a degree in journalism, you know, journalism and, you know, right. uh, mass media and stuff like that. So I, I know about this issue all too well. Like, over, over time, the the industry of journalism has been tainted. Um, you have a lot right. of people masking themselves as journalists in but in all reality they're nothing more than commentators. And that's and that's all right to be a commentator because there's there's different areas within journalism. Like there's different right. um different uh niches like and that's all right. But if you have to make the distinguish distinguish between if you're a commentator or a journalist, and I think a lot of right. times with you know everybody's a commentator, and everybody want to call themselves a journalism, but they're more of a commentator, you know. And I think a lot that 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 art form is being tainted today with everybody wanting to jump right. on YouTube and become commentators. Everyone has their two cents to put into it, and that's fine. We all should have our opinion, but you can't have an opinion and mask it as factual news. Exactly. Now it's good to be a commentator and then back your commentary or your um back back your point of view up with factual information. But you can't sit there and call be a commentator and call yourself a bona fide journalist, especially if you have not had the adequate training or education to be in that field. Because it's an insult to right. those who have studied that craft or that field, that have gone to school, that have made that, you know what I'm saying, that investment to learn that, that trade. You know, so I think, yeah. uh, I think that has really kind of um, crept in and destroyed the integrity. I'm not going to say totally destroyed, but it, it almost has destroyed the integrity of two true journalism. So uh, right. we have to keep that in mind. Um, because you have people like Tommy Lahren. You have people like, like, you have people that have their own personal agendas. And instead of, instead of them putting out factual information, they want to take the facts and then skew them to, to justify their deluded, um, their deluded uh, opinion of something. So we have to keep that in mind. Like, like you said, we have to be independent thinkers. And I think that's why a lot of people are leaning more towards uh, independent uh, news media. Like, because a lot of times people are getting tired of being uh, a mainstream media. The integrity, yeah. like you said, we have lost all integrity, just about all integrity with me. You, that's why a lot of people are going to alternative um, forms of uh, media or independent news organizations because these people still have integrity and they have a desire of getting the real inside scoop of what's going on and not just, you know, feeding the people a bunch of propaganda. You see what I'm saying? Because you, when you, oh, think, yeah. cause you think about like a lot of the um, the major news corporations today, they have people with special interests backing them. So you have right. to play by the rules and play the game. 
you to stay in the game. You know what I'm saying? So um, right. we have to really think about that. We have to become independent thinkers. We have to learn how to critically analyze that. And I think that's an art form that a lot of people have lost these days. You know, a lot of people don't read. Um, a lot of people don't use that part of their brain where they read and analyze and critically, um, yeah, analyze and look at things. And, and break things down. You know, people are just being used to being force fed, you know, stuff. Right. So yeah, you're you're definitely right about that. You know, and, and where I was going with all that was if you remember right before the break we had I was on the Hillary Clinton wasn't yeah. gonna win right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bernie Bernie Sanders had a much better shot at beating Donald Trump than Hillary Clinton did. Unfortunately, every poll, independent poll, not the Democratic poll, not the, any left-wing bias poll, right? and yes, there's a right-wing bias too, but every independent poll showed that Hillary Clinton was the most unlikable um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, candidate. Candidate, yeah. That the Democrats could have picked. And then she goes and picks a vice presidential candidate to run with her that looks like he should be on the National Child Molester Registry. Do I hear a little bit of shade? Just a little bit of shade? But I. Hey. Oh. talk about you know when, when the whole house of cards started coming down when he stepped down from the DNC uh, committee to go on ahead and take over the vice presidential role and then the woman that took over for him the whole email scandal over Russia and all this happened you know and, and uh, she ended up you still there right yes I'm here Okay, and then she ended up having to resign over that email that she sent out about getting the taco votes. <laughs> Wait, yeah, referring to Hispanics as taco eaters. Ta- no, you know? no, you serious? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'll, I'll send that to you. That's yeah, that's yeah, almost yeah. as bad as that's almost as bad as Trump when he put up that Instagram post. Was that Instagram or Twitter post? Uh, one of those two. Well, you know he's the king of Twitter, so it's probably Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. When he had that taco salad, talking about, "Ooh, I love my Hispanics." Right, 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 I'm right, like, right. What is this? Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, it, and that was the head of the Democratic National Party. You know, and yeah, she ended up having to resign. They were they were on the oh third stringer. Before the election was even over. <laughs> and the ironic thing oh. is, is that now that Hillary lost, he's wanting his position back, and the chick that has it now doesn't want to let it go. <laughs> Taco votes. Come on, man. Yeah, I, dude, let, let me pull up the quote. I'm going to quote exactly what she said. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up here, right? Just give me one quick second. Okay. If you want to go on something else okay. while I'm looking this up, please do. Okay, that that will work. Um, in, in, in 
talking about that, I want it kind of leads me into when we're gonna get back to what you were saying. Um, when you find the information that you're looking for, I want to talk about the entire John Lewis representative John Lewis situation and where have we come in this country where we have started to just blatantly disrespect civil rights icons and people that have fought um, for the rights of other people's people in this country um, for, the, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about um, this, this next story has to do with uh, U.S. representative in Georgia by the name of John Lewis. And for those of you who don't know who he is, like I said, he is an American politician. Um, he also was a civil rights activist and leader that that pretty much worked alongside of Martin Luther King Jr. Back during the civil rights era, um, they marched and um, they were pretty much attacked. They were beaten and everything you know they they pretty much put in that work they they put in that work he he they literally walked the walk and what happened was um i guess john lewis was being interviewed and they asked about the i guess they were discussing um donald trump in the you know the presidency and stuff like that and um hey hey i'm sorry brother i found it okay go ahead all right, so here it is. Uh, quote, July 25th, 2016. Okay? Uh-huh. This is from Breitbart.com. A uh, staff member of the Democratic National Committee referred to Latino voters for the term Taco Bowl Outreach. Wow. these people I just wonder sometimes how out of touch are you and how much common sense do you have like why would you even feel that you could say something that derogatory and then just think there's not going to be any backlash backlash behind that especially in an era the digital era that we live at now everybody's being exposed you know WikiLeaks is out there for God's sakes you know, did you? I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that the treatment of the founder of WikiLeaks when the, uh, all these emails came about compared to when the uh, Bush emails came out? I'm, I'm sorry, what'd you say, Jr.? Uh, the, the 
founder of WikiLeaks. Uh, when, when all these emails came out, the, the Democratic Party, they literally went on a witch hunt after him. Yeah. But whenever he, whenever he had leaked out all the emails over uh, what happened in Abu Ghraib during the Bush presidency, yeah, he, he was considered a national hero then. But now he, he's like that. I, I guarantee you, Hillary's got an assassination crew after him. Oh. And again, I've made it no secret that I do not like Hillary Clinton, never have. I love Bill, hate Hillary. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I just, yeah, I, I, I just think there was just an epic fail. I just think that the just the, just everything that the Democrats did, like doing this this past um election season I just I think it was just I mean they it was just one epic fail after another and right. it, it was just it, it, it was just lack of you know organization it was just it was just the they were just it was just the wrong choice you know and I think a lot of people I, 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 th- I think they just think like me and I was wrong from the get go if you remember when the primaries were first going on I said there is no way in hell that Donald Trump is going to win the candidacy for the Republican party let alone the presidency hmm. and I was wrong I, I just think they underestimated him I think that they they thought he'd trip over himself and it'd be over with without them even having to try. Well, this and is my wrong. thing. This is my thing, Jr. And we discussed this. Donald Trump is a very, like you said, he's very, you know, you know, we gotta give him more credit than than what a lot of people do. He ran his right. campaign off of uh, racially charged uh, rhetoric. And a lot of people, he got a lot of people to come out and vote for him. He played the game. And like you said, a lot of the low-class, um, ignorant, uneducated um, white supremacists came out and supported him because right. they felt that his rhetoric, his rhetoric, I can't talk, rhetoric matched and mirrored their sentiments and their beliefs. Right. So he played the game. And really, when you think about it, he pretty much played them because now that he's in there, you think he's really going to um, put into motion things that's going to benefit them? They're not; at, they're, they don't have a seat at the table. Sorry, right. you know, you know, and right. you know, mm-hmm. he's just going to sit back and enjoy it and be like, "What are you going to do?" Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what's going to happen. But you know... Yeah, they, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, but unfortunately, even though they, that's the case, it has brought about um, a phenomenon. Like, a lot of people are being... We can really say out of this whole thing, we can be grateful that people are being exposed. Right. Um, a lot of people are being exposed through this because... Um, it has brought out the white supremacists, and they're on they're 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 on cold right now. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, it's brought them out, and they feel like they 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 they're entering a new era. A lot of them, they weren't happy the whole eight entire eight years that Obama was in office, right. and it kind of brought them out because they 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 were just cringing at the fact that this 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 man of color was in the White House. So this has brought out all the races. Now they, they see that someone that's 
opposite on the opposite end of the spectrum of things is coming into the office and they're he's speaking their their rhetoric that has brought a lot of them out and it's it's exposing people and we're now seeing people for who we are now people can't deny that we don't have a race racial racial problem in this country you see what i'm saying absolutely right yeah so absolutely right we have to look at it from that point of view and i and i'm gonna tell you like you and it's one of these things we and i can just say as for for the black people black people i think we would have been screwed either way if hillary clinton would have won we would have been a target of white supremacists. We would have been the target either way, and it probably would have been worse if the Demo- if she would have gotten into office. And, right. and I'm gonna be honest with you, she probably would have sat back and done little or nothing. She absolutely would have. You know, she she is not a Bobby Kennedy, a John F. Kennedy. Uh, it, you know, in all honesty, she's extremely weak. And here's the thing: not saying that Donald Trump is stronger because he's just a figurehead. You know, but here's the thing with it: people are the one thing I love about Trump winning is this is people are tired of having to you know I know I'm tired of having to walk on eggshells yeah you know but people are tired of it they're tired of having to watch every little thing that comes out of their mouth in the name of political correctness let me tell you what I'd much rather have a racist be racist so I know who my enemy is Mm -hmm. you know Go on ahead, speak your mind. Feel free. I'll speak my mind. Yeah, you know? but give my give my white supre- give my white supremacy straight on the platter. I want to know what I'm getting. You know what I'm saying? Give it to right. me hot right, on right, the right. platter. Cause like you said, I'm gonna know who to who who to deal with on that level and how to how to take you from that from that point on. And Absolutely. I, yeah. You know, I I have. I have friends, let me reword that, I have acquaintances that I thought were long-standing friendships that I literally had to throw on the burner and just burn that bridge all together. What people need to understand with politics is this. We're going to keep the math simple. Everything adds up to 100%. 20% of all people are going to vote the straight parties. Okay, straight party Democrat, 20% are going to vote straight party Republican. No politician is interested in that 20%. They know they're going to get them votes. They're interested in the ones that are undecided in between. That's 60%. Okay? Out of that 60%, 5 to 10% is going independent no matter what. So we're down to 50%. They want that 50%. They want that power, okay? Mm-hmm. The Democrats lost seats, lost the presidency, lost seats in the House and the Senate for the simple fact that they did not practice what they preached. They did not stand up for the minorities and equal treatment towards all people. Alright? The Democrats lost it. By staying out of touch, you know, 
a history lesson. The Democratic Party was, one time, was the oppressing party in the United States. Mm -hmm. This is why we have got to be independent thinkers. Because history always has a way of repeating itself. Now, it may not be in the form of taking away our civil rights, and it may not be in the form of bringing slavery back or anything like that. But it will be in the form of oppressing the people by not bringing opportunity to all these neighborhoods that are just dying in poverty. All right? This is where a businessman such as a Donald Trump can thrive. One thing that I absolutely love is that little thing that he's been doing. He's kind of made news here and there about how he's going to tax the hell out of these corporations that take their businesses overseas instead of leaving the jobs in the United States. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. And I like that for one reason. Because it, it's going to make people reconsider their corporate greed. You know, there was a one time that Detroit was the most thriving city in the United States. Yeah. All auto manufacturers were up there. Now it's a cesspool. Yeah. It's slowly building back up. But Hiroshima built the, built itself back quicker. You know, just saying. It's a fact. You know, it, you cannot be afraid to take a chance in life. You can't. And it's like I said, this is where we can thrive. Putting a businessman, not a corrupted politician, in office, which is what happened. I, I, I look at the positive aspect. I think that I don't think it's going to be quick by no means. But I think that we are getting ready to thrive. I don't think, one thing I don't, I, I'll disagree with him on is this repealing of Obamacare. And not I having anything to replace it. If you're going to, if you're going to repeal it, what are you going to do to, what, what do you, you just can't just, you know, come in and, and repeal something and then not have anything to replace it. I know, I know, and he's saying that he's got a plan for a new plan, okay? But here's the thing. There's only one little thing I would change with the subsidized, uh, the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. Only one thing I would change, and that's this. I would change putting the IRS as the watchdog of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I do not like in any way, shape, or form the fact that the IRS is basically the enforcer of it, you know? I don't like the IRS having any kind of control over me, period. And people should be repulsed by the idea that the IRS is in charge of it, that they can be penalized ridiculous amounts of money. Because, and this is why I say ridiculous amounts of money, because... Whenever you're only making ten, eleven, twelve dollars an hour, a five thousand dollar penalty on your taxes for choosing not to have health insurance is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. You know, it, it, the majority.
majority of the working class are not able to afford such a penalty. And how in the hell can the people's president, the people's party, you know, and I'm using that term sarcastically, of course, um, allow such an atrocity as the IRS being in charge of it happen, you know? I didn't like that from the get-go. That's the only thing I didn't like. My son has got a job that he just recently lost. And at his job, he was making about 12 bucks an hour, but they didn't offer any benefits. The Affordable Care Act gave him an opportunity to get health care for to be able to take care of his diabetes and at a fairly inexpensive rate to where the rest of his money can go towards his living expenses. Under no circumstances should things like this be taken away. Just tweak them little things. Mm-hmm. You know? The healthcare companies overcharge the working class the way it is. Yes, smokers should be paying more for healthcare than non smokers. Yes, alcoholics should be paying more than non drinkers. And yes, drug addicts should be paying more than non addicts. Okay? Because there are higher risks for health complications. It's a risk game. Just like if you go skydiving, you're considered a higher risk, and although we'll pay more for life insurance than someone that's a librarian and doesn't do anything. It's just how it is. But back to the main topic. You know, I believe if things are done the right way and we are open to listen, a long way. I believe our best days really are ahead of us. Whether it's during the Trump presidency or the next president, wherever it may be. Alright? I believe every president has had its good and its bad. You know? But that's why I'm right down the middle. And, you know, people that if you take a look at the people that current President Obama. There's a lot of racial charging behind that criticism. Oh, yeah. And that's mainly what it is. Right. Because you can't really look at this president, even though you may not agree with every policy that he put into place, because you're not going to agree 100% with anybody. But my thing is... You can't look at this man. You can't question this man's integrity. This man has not been in in um, any scandal. He's been able to keep his 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 name clean. He, he has right. a respectable family, um, respectable respectable first lady as a wife. You know, right? It, it, it is. That's 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 all. You when you come to the conclusion, that's all it is. That that's pretty much what it is for the most part. It's it's and it right. has very little to do with policy. I guarantee you. And, and you, you want to take a look at how tough of a job that is. You take a look at the presidents on their inaugural day and the day they leave office. Take a look at how much they've aged Age, in yeah. eight years. They look like they've aged 20, 30 years. Look at President Obama, President W. Bush. You know, he was a fairly young-looking man whenever he first went into office. 
after four years of listening, nothing but that Al Gore won the election. No, no. <laughs> no, but, but ser seriously, it's a very strenuous office. You're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, even while on vacation. When September 11th, the attacks of September 11th happened, President Bush was at a grade school reading to children. Yeah. You know? takes no days off. Although they go on vacation, they are on call. You know? But I warn, and I warn this, don't be worried over President Trump. Just like you didn't need to be worried over President W. Bush. Because Mike Pence is the second coming of Dick Cheney. <laughs> you know, I... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, man. Have you seen the Joe Biden memes? No. Have you seen these things? Oh my God! I saw this one that was hilarious. It's, uh, it, it had President Obama next to Joe Biden on the top picture. On the bottom picture, it had the T-Mobile map coverage map, right? And then it says President Obama saying to Biden, "Joe, we got to make sure that the transition goes smoothly." This and that. And then it says, Biden, yeah, 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 I got it, Barack. He goes, what are you doing, Joe? He goes, I showed Vice President-elect Pence this T-Mobile coverage map and told him the gaydar was real. Right now he's inconsolable. Concerned. I just some of the so selections of people that are over certain departments. You know, it, it, I can see why a lot of people are worried because some of these people have records of, you know, pretty much have records of uh, racist attitudes, and, and and that's the thing. Like when you're dealing with justice and dealing with certain branches of government, you want someone in here that doesn't have. Those that record, like, and that's why a lot of people are worried about. 
you know, um, you know, this this cabinet of people that he's bringing on, man, it's some questionable uh, cats that he's bringing on, man. I, and I don't care what anybody says. It's some questionable cats, and that's one of the thing I, things I want to get to in a minute after we talk about the John Lewis. Uh, situation. I want to talk about what does his presidency mean for minorities? Like, what 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 is our future under this administration? And I want to get on that in a minute. Um, I want to move on really quick because I, I got a couple of things. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about John Lewis. Um, I want to talk about um, before we get off, I want to talk about the Orlando shooting and I might start touching on Bishop Baylon, but I might say that for C, because um, I'm going to be um, recording with her later on this week, so we don't probably really get into depth with that when we uh, when I do my segment with her. But I wanted to move on really quick for the interest of time. Uh, I want to start it off with this clip from Complex News, and it, it has to do. It's, I, I started talking about this uh, before you. Uh, before, while you were looking for um, that article, but I want to get back into this. Uh, pretty much, this is a video commentary by Complex News, and I'm gonna also read an article f- um, about John Lewis's memoir sales going uh, sales going up since this this controversy. But this has to do with Trump's start the Martin Luther King holiday by bashing civil rights leader John Lewis. Now we're going to take a listen to this and then I'm going to come back and we're going to um, give, give the rest of our commentary. For Complex News, I'm Hanuman Welch. How were you planning on celebrating the Martin Luther King holiday weekend? Maybe you were going to volunteer at a local community center, or learn more about one of the most important civil rights figures in American history. Or, if you're the president-elect, you could kick things off by heading to Twitter to drag a sitting Democratic congressman who participated in the 1965 Bloody Sunday march from Montgomery to Selma, Alabama. Trump took to his preferred platform to denounce civil rights icon and Democratic congressman John Lewis after Lewis told NBC News that he didn't see Trump as a legitimate president amid intelligence reports saying Russia interfered in the presidential election. Telling host of NBC's Meet the Press, Chuck Todd, quote, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. I think we all know what happens next when someone has the audacity to publicly criticize Trump. Congressman John Lewis should spend more time on fixing and helping his district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, not to mention crime-infested, rather than falsely complaining about the election results. All talk, 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 no action or results. Sad. Which is objectively false on all accounts, but hey, who cares about what's actually true anymore, right? Let's start with Trump's claim about Lewis's district being crime-infested and in horrible shape. John Lewis represents a majority black district where 88% of adults have high school diplomas and 41% have college degrees. And the region boasts a median income of $48,000 per household. The district also has an 8.2% unemployment rate, which is just above a national jobless rate that sits below 5%. And as far as Lewis getting no results, we'd like to point out that in 1965, Lewis was getting his head kicked in by the police while leading the Selma march, and Trump was applying for his fifth deferment to stay out of Vietnam. That's all for now. For everything else, subscribe to Complex News. I'm Hanuman Welch. Happy MLK weekend. All right, we're back. So I just wanted to set up that um, dialogue with this um, video from Complex News. Also, I'm going to go to an article entitled, let's see what this article is pulled up. Okay, it's from Vibe. 
magazineonline.com and the article is entitled oh yeah speaking of which I don't mean to jump throw this in here we gonna have to definitely next week cause you know the new edition new edition story is gonna be airing um, it's gonna be a three night miniseries on BET and I, I definitely wanna do a review on that cause I wanna see what they had to say about that whole entire entire group and you know and, and and you know to get the real tea about what's going on but we're gonna talk about that next week but um getting back to this story um this comes from vibe magazine um online doc and, and it's, it's this their online magazine and they have an article um written by shaniqua golding and um the article is entitled John Lewis's memoir sales spike after Donald Trump's disrespectful t- tweet. And um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this article. Over the weekend, NBC News released a clip of civil rights icon John Lewis stating that he won't attend Donald Trump's inauguration because he doesn't view Trump as a legitimate president. Early Saturday morning, January 14th, Trump responded on Twitter calling the 76-year-old congressman, quote, all talk, unquote. And here's the tweets, as we heard on the clip. Congressman Lewis should spend more time on fixing and helping his district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, not to mention crime-infested, rather than falsely complaining about the election result. All talk, 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 no actions or results. Sad. Trump's re- Trump received major backlash from many who considered his tweet to not only disrespectful, I can't speak, disrespectful, but false. Since Lewis is one of the is most known for his pivotal role in the civil rights movement and working alongside Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And while politicians on both sides of the aisle slammed Trump, sales of Lewis's memoir spiked considerably in lieu of this social media feud with Trump. So, um, yeah, okay, what's going on? According to The Hollywood Reporter, Lewis's 1998 memoir, Walking in the Wind, Walking with the Wind, increased 800,000% in graphic novel titled March, which Lewis co-wrote, jumped 76,000%. Many couldn't understand how Trump could be so rude to Lewis knowing his robust history. The insult proved even more hurtful, especially with it being the weekend of the Weekend, America honors and observes Dr. King's life and legacy. This is my thing. Um, let me see. Okay, yeah. These these are some of the um, tweets that came from... I don't know if these are people that are uh, politicians, but Evan McMullen... Um, he, he, he stated on Twitter, on this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, let it be clear that John Lewis is an American patriot. Trump's attack on him further confirms it. Bill Crystal says, it's telling. I'm afraid that Donald Trump, Trump treats Vladimir Putin with more respect than he does John Lewis. And then Samar, I, and I'm going to get this, I'm going to spell this name because I don't want to butcher this name. A- H L U W A L 
IA, I think it's a Lou Walia, stated that Trump, Donald Trump was quicker to denounce John Lewis, a staple of the civil rights movement, than David Duke, the head of the KKK. Very telling. So this and this is this is why I'm saying this is why a lot of people don't have respect for uh Donald Trump because to me you lost you lost a huge chunk of uh credibility to me because you're gonna put out a tweet, get your facts straight. And that, and that goes to show you that's why I put that post up on on Facebook. You don't see the African American you don't see it for us. You only see us as criminals, thugs, um People that are uh, deviant, um, and, and, and you know, and my thing is, it's like, you know, people like you always want to talk about the crime epidemic, and you want to talk about black on black crime, but really, let's talk about white on white crime because pretty much crime statistics say, based upon the FBI, crime statistics say that most crime is committed by white people and I don't want to hear about the argument well there's more white people so there's going to be more white crime the thing is a lot of white supremacists and let me and let me and let me clarify that's the difference between white people and white supremacists because everybody is not in that category but you always want to consider yourselves as the uh, as the uh, pillar of morality and, and and oftentimes your group of people aren't. So you know you want to talk about black on black crime. You want to talk about everybody else's crime. But why, how about you focus on what's going on in your own community and how about you know and, and why your people are dying out. You know so let's talk about you know worry about what's going on in your community before you worry about what's going on in someone else's community. And you did not want to do any fact checking before you got on and. Um, spewed out this pretty much this falsehood like you know this this falsity I mean this falsehood this information that was totally false so that says a lot about this this president he doesn't have thick skin he's over emotional you've seen people talking about Obama all the time but he always took the high road because he didn't have time to worry about what everybody's saying about him people have the right to feel the way that they do and, 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 and I'm going to tell you something if you're going to be if you're going to be a public icon public figure you're going to be someone that's taking on the quote unquote most uh, powerful uh, uh, position in the world, you got to have thick skin. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going going to agree with you. And I don't think that the man said anything disrespectful to him. That was his opinion. He didn't make any uh, personal attacks against you. He just didn't see see it for you. And to me, rightfully so, in my opinion. So, but for you to sit there and discredit what this man has done for not only African Americans, but for everyone, speaks a lot about you as a president. And that's why so many minorities, you know, specifically the black community, do not have respect for you. And they are concerned about, you know, if you think this about our community, what we're in a world of trouble. So I think that this man is, I think it's very, very sad that you couldn't, you, you, you kicked off. The Martin Luther King um, holiday weekend being disrespectful 
to someone that is, in my concern, you know, by my definition, is a patriot, patriot, patriotic person. You know what I'm saying? Nothing about Donald Trump, to me, in my opinion, is patriotic. Like the like the clip said, you you were trying to defer um, going into the military because you you are a coward. You're a coward. You aren't out there putting in that work. These civil rights leaders were putting in that work. They were getting getting their heads bashed in. They were getting jumped by white supremacists. These 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 evil white supremacist devils. You see what I'm saying? So before you want to open up your mouth and, and speak ill on somebody. Let's talk about let's talk about your track record. What have you done in this country? What have you done besides fuel your own um, self interest? Let's talk about that. So I just heard about that and it just got under my skin and it bothers me. You know, um, you don't have any respect for for minorities. So how can we take you serious in this? Like, why would we support you? You know, I don't understand this. Why? Why would we support you? And that's just my opinion. You know, I, I actually had this conversation today. I, I ended up learning something yesterday. I was uh, seeing that yesterday was uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I. Uh, I was doing some research and uh, came across an interesting little fact. And did you know that the speech that he's most famous for, the I Have a Dream speech, right? Did you know that that whole portion of the speech was not in the original written speech? That was all on the spot he was just so overwhelmed by the masses that showed that he went on speaking um if that that ended up coming out because we're having a discussion if we could speak to have dinner with three people in history who would it be and ironically, me and a couple of friends of mine that we were having this conversation with all said the same person, Dr. King, would be number one. And the second and third are really relevant because we know we'd be taken up by Dr. King and his words. Now, I would love to know what Dr. King would think about today if he were to be alive today. Mm. You know, I'd love to know because while racism used to be hidden and alive and well in his day, but hidden during our time, it's coming out all over again. Love to know his opinion on how people use his name, and you know the thing. The thing that I've always learned about Dr. King is that he believed in equality for all, and he believed in doing that through love. I think 
and this is just my opinion. You know, I think that if Dr. King were to be alive today, he would honestly probably be taken into an emotional, be, be an emotional wreck upon knowing that while his name is celebrated the way it is, that things have gotten worse today yeah. than what they were when he was around. You know, and, and you know the because, thing, uh, yeah, and because you know, on one hand, on one hand, we have progressed, but then on the other hand, we we've sunk in so low. Right. Right. I I think that you know, because at least back in his day, you knew what you was up against. You know. Nowadays, people nowadays will smile and hug you, and if they're hugging you, or putting that knife in your back. Oh yes. You know, and it's common practice. Is the worst part. You know, Dr. King was a beautiful, beautiful man. You know, a, a pure soul. And. Uh, What what Trump did here, in my opinion, is the spaghetti again. You know, he's doing his trash talking on someone that he had no idea as to what he was getting into. You know, he had no idea that the backlash should be like it is. He. Does that excuse it? Absolutely not. You know? And he he should face the firing squad, the figurative firing squad. Please, God, don't let nobody do this. I don't want a president pins. But (laughs) he should be facing the critical firing squad on the stupidity of said comments. You know? is that our government doesn't care about the poor. It is meant to keep the poor poor. And the reason it does that is because by keeping the masses separate, they have more control over us. Because if you're poor, you've got a feeling that you have nothing to lose, right? So, if not going to bite the hands that feed you. The government's going to be looking like the good guy because they're giving you this, giving you that. They don't, they really don't care. You know, this is stuff that comes easy. It's how they buy their votes. But, you know, they, 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 them comments do disgust me. You know? The fact that uh, he would go to such an extent to try and discredit a patriarch of civil rights Mm -hmm. is beyond anything I can think of, you know? Um, This man here, he he has got a, and again, I'm speaking loosely when I say this. But he's got a set of balls. He faced the Klan. He faced 
the hoses and the German shepherds, you know? And he's around now to speak about it. Oh, we aren't so lucky. around now to attest to a time when things were, by standards, much worse for minorities. And people forget that really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know, that wasn't that long ago. So this is why Trump has got to watch what he says. Because it's going to rile up the worst on both sides. You know, he's got to be the one walking on the eggshells right now because he's got some big shoes to fill. And you know you're going to hear the far right saying it. Just like the far left said it. Everything that went wrong with Obama's presidency was Bush's fault. Now the far right's going to be saying everything that was, was going wrong with Trump's presidency is Obama's fault. It's going to happen. You know, the criticism comes when the job is done. But the people just need to get it. You know, they need to get it. They got to wake up. They got to see things from an independent eye. You know, put the prejudices aside and look at things in a different way, from a different point of view. And that's when things become clear. You know, it's, it amazes me that we're, when it comes to politics, people still think like cavemen. You know? It truly does. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know? Um, but you know this is this is my thing, and I'm gonna say this before we move on. Cause we got a couple more things we gotta talk about, and then I'm gonna get off. We're gonna uh, call tonight. Um, a thing that bothers me about everybody wants to act like they're pro uh, Martin Luther King, and right, you hear a lot of these people, especially on um, the a lot of the ultra conservatives, or especially you got people that, especially on Fox News or. Um, people that can care less or that don't have an interest in um, issues pertaining to blacks or minorities. Every time they get into a debate with with someone, they always want to throw out Martin Luther King. They always want to say, well, Martin Luther King wouldn't be happy with this, this, and that. But you were the same people that killed Martin Luther King. But now you want right. to use him when it's, it's convenient to convey your talking points. And let me tell you something. Martin Luther King went through the same things that uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter went through during their conception. You know, everybody always wanted to... He, he had a lot of hate mail. Um, there's, there's a channel that I watch on YouTube. Uh, her name's Cynthia Green. G-R-E. Cynthia... Her, her, her um, channel's Cynthia G. You can just put in Cynthia G and she'll come up. But she did a story about um, some of the comments and, and hate mail that he got mirrored the exact same language that a lot of... Um, 
organizations are like civil rights organizations are getting today like Black Lives Matter like everybody wants to link Black Lives Matter to anything negative that happens that Black Lives Matter is now the code word for white supremacists to say anything black pretty much that's, that's their code word for Black Lives Matter they always want to link anything negative that happens to um, our community to Black Lives Matter that's, that's their scapegoat so we have to realize this it just bothers me now that you know these people want to talk about Martin King this that and, and, and the third but you was the same ones that beat that man down threw him in prison uh, bombed his house you know uh, terrorized his family did all kind of unimaginable evils towards this man, evil towards this man, and now you guys have the nerve to sit up here and want to quote Martin Luther King or uh, act like you have so much respect for him when you guys didn't give a damn about him when he was alive, and it was you that killed him. So I don't want to even hear about that, man. These people are, are, are a joke to me, man. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just really pathetic, man. It's, it's really, really sad. And this is why, like, you know, he says stuff like this. Like, stay your ass off Twitter. This is exactly why your approval rating is, is, is just disgustingly low right now. It's, it's, his approval rating is now only, like, 40%. So, like, you know, this, 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 this is not a good look. You're not even in the Oval Office yet, and you're already at, this, this is horrible. This is just automatic, this is just, this is just awful, you know. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's really just disheartening. I just, I, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah. So... I don't know. I, I don't know if you had anything else to add because I want to move on to... Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay. All right. We got all this done. Let me close down some of these windows so I can get organized. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I wanted to bring this up. This guy, um, he's not even... Relatives. I don't even want to talk about him. Pretty much, he's got Paul LePage. LePage. Um, I don't even know who this guy is. I guess he's somebody in the Republican office. He said that instead of boycotting President-elect Donald Trump's inauguration, civil rights icon John Lewis should be thanking the Republican Party for ending slavery. Okay, this guy's a Maine's Republican governor, Paul LePage. Now, let me tell you something for you, you, you people that think that slavery ended because white people had this um, had this thing for morality and they felt that it was wrong. Slavery only ended because the North could not profit off of slavery like the South did. Don't get it twisted. Slavery wasn't it didn't end because these people felt that it was the moral thing to do. That's the furthest thing from the truth. You know what I'm saying? And then you look at um, the end of slavery slavery did not end exactly in 1865 you know what I'm saying so um, and then you, you just pretty much transferred that form of slavery over into Jim Crow which is, was another form of slavery and you know um, and, 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 and um, you know just all kind of economic deprivation and just everything under the under the sun so don't think that the, the ending of slavery had anything to do with 
the uh, Republicans or whoever or uh, you know people feeling that this, it was the moral thing to do because it had nothing to do with that they couldn't profit off of it and if that was the case if they thought it was the moral thing to do why didn't you just give blacks all their rights right after slavery because you didn't want them to come up quicker that's why you had a lot of people like when blacks became independent after um, slavery and into the Jim Crow area, when they seg- they segregated, they 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 had their own successful uh, communities. Like Black Wall Street was like one of the most successful uh, communities. It was more successful than a lot of quote unquote white communities, and it bothered a lot of white people. And that wasn't just the only successful black community, but you have a lot of them that could not stand seeing black people being independent and being economically independent and and, and building their own, so they burnt a lot of those cities down. So, one thing about it is it was never it never had anything to do with them being moral. Or, or, you know what I'm saying? You don't get a cookie or you don't get a pat on the back for doing something that you should have done anyway. Like, you, you don't get kudos from me for doing that as far as I'm concerned. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I remember I was going to talk about that, but that just kills me when people try to use that argument where we were the part. I said, "Well, honey, what have y'all done since then? What, what yo, you ain't updated your resume? Is, is slavery into slavery the only thing that you guys have on your on your resume? Like seriously?" And that wasn't even because you thought it was the moral thing to do. Like that that, that never that has never been it. So I just want people to know that. I just wanted to strike down that. You start doing the research of that. You start um, really reading into that and going into that history. Slavery did not end because they felt it was the right thing to do. I'm sorry. They, they, it just wasn't. Because um, they they made too much. That's why they had a whole war over that. You know, It was just too much money involved in it. You know what I'm saying? Like They, they profited off of that so much so that's that's why you know uh slavery never ended it was just pretty much uh transferred into a different it, it was just pretty much made into a different format you know what i'm saying so we have to really you know check people when they start putting out this false information about stuff such as this this message because i'm gonna tell you you know these people well, get up here and say all this stuff, and you don't even know your, your own history of your country. So, I just wanted to leave that at that. Um, I want to talk about the uh, Orlando uh, mass shooting that took place last year, June of um, 2016, where there were just countless people that were just massacred, like in a in a gay nightclub called Pulse Pulse nightclub, and it wasn't just gay people. It was it was a mixture of people that was people that you know that just wanted to go out have a good time. There were straight people, there were married, you know, people that that just I mean just all people from all walks of life life were um, tragically um, assassinated. That's all I'm gonna say say um, you know in this heinous act and um, I guess there's a new update that had, that that's just came out about this shooting um, the wife of the gunman was arrested in California um, they, they were saying how she is expected to um, appear in federal court Tuesday at 9.30am so that was today and pretty much they said she was pretty much in cahoots 
with Omar Mateen, which he was the one that who went in the nightclub and shot everybody else. And come to find out, he was dealing with um, he was a closet homosexual himself. Come to find out. So uh, that was the update on that. I'm gonna read this article from uh, NBC. This is San Diego's NBC website. And we're just going to jump right into it. Um, The wife of Orlando mass shooting gunman Omar Mateen was arrested on Monday in San Francisco Bay Area in connection to helping her own for her now dead husband thought to be behind the country's deadliest gun massacre this summer. The New York Times first reported citing a law enforcement official that the 30 year old. Nora Solomon was arrested at her family's home outside San Francisco in the connection with the June 2016 attack at the Pulse nightclub. Uh, police later clarified that she was arrested on charging charges of aiding and abetting by providing material support to a terrorist organization in obstruction of justice. In June, a source close to the family told NBC News that Mateen sent his wife a text message during a rampage asking her, do you see what's happening? After swapping text, she tried to call him. Uh, let's move on down. Um, NBC Bay Area obtained exclusive surveillance footage taken in the neighborhood of moments before the, her arrest. The black and white video shot at 7.36 a.m. Monday shows two Alameda County Sheriff's deputies standing on the sidewalk as um, at least three men in plain clothes walk by quickly on the sidewalk. The case is being handled by the U.S. Central District Courts in Florida. Neither charging documents nor federal affidavits were online Monday. So pretty much um, she's going to be charged and I think rightfully so because I'm not going you're not going to sit there and tell me that you didn't have no idea that this man had these these attitudes and that this man was getting to the point to where he did this. I don't care what nobody says. She had something to do with it. That's you know and and I think that, that yeah it's just it's it's just sad like it's just really sad that um that you know even like a half a year later you know this you know she's just now getting you know charged and arrested like it's just it's it's crazy you know and like i said my my heart goes out to those people because i remember this incident happened like um pretty much the weekend of our pride yeah it happened um, either around that time, it was either the weekend after or the weekend of Indie Pride, but it was just like just so disheartening that so many people lost their lives, and it just kind of caused me to start thinking about you know, um, just realistically when you go into these clubs and these establishments, you need to have an exit strategy at all times. You need to know where the exits are. You need to um be vigilant like we living in living in times now where you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times and it's sad that you can't even go out and have and have a good time without worrying about these things happening but i i I really want to say this like you know some good has came out of this situation because people have really started having a dialogue on 
um, these issues and just about just safety in general when you go out. So I think that it was um, something that, you know, although it was a tragic thing, I think it really has gotten people to start talking about the issue of tolerance in this country and um, it's opened up the dialogue on just just being safe, being aware of your surroundings when you go out. Just know, um, just just know, have an exit strategy. Like you just know where to exit. You know, just just have a plan of safety. You know, because you can't let your guard down anymore. You know, so um, so did you have anything to say about about this? Pretty much. You know, it, it, it uh, I, I heard about that this morning. And uh, what they reported was that her story kept changing depending on who she was talking to, mm. you know. And, and uh, if I mean, if it can be proven that she was a co-conspirator or you know somewhere along, I the thing is, is with these type of people that are out for you know, religious persecution. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and say that. Um, they, uh, it, you know, even charging them with hate crime laws and all that is not going to help anything. You know, when someone's driven by religious beliefs, they, there's not going to be any stopping to them. Um, you know, and... and it, it, it's it's just amazing how that in this day and age this kind of thing still happens, you know. But at the same token, you know what what can you do? We're we're, we're more or less allowing you know a, a a lot of criticism to happen worldwide. Yeah. But you know, like I said, I, I think it had less to do with his religious beliefs and more of his inner conflict, because they said right. that he was he was awkward, awkwardly like social, and he right. just couldn't get in where he fit in, for lack of a better term, you know. And you know, right. to me, you can't be that religious and you practicing what you claim that you against. I think it had a lot to do. It was it was hatred, and people like that. Most of the people that are so gun ho on stuff or against something, they are the the people that are against. I mean, they're the people that are struggling with whatever they're against. Like people that are so vocal about certain things, just like with the whole entire Kim Burrell thing. And I'm not. And I'm. You know, this is just. And I'm gonna say this. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I've, you know, um, now I ain't gonna even say it because I don't. I ain't gonna even get into it. I'm not gonna even say allegedly, but I will say this though about Bishop Eddie Long. You know, and uh, he was the same person that was vocal about homosexuality, and that whole scandal broke. You sleep with all them young boys, and you giving them all the church's money, and then you you sitting up here preaching against it and you you the you the biggest whore you the biggest you know and i say this you know and i don't you know me i'm, I'm just saying this i'm not trying to you know you know i don't mean this in a derogatory manner because i'm gay myself right. but i said honey you the biggest sissy i love them all but you preaching against it 
I said, boy, you right. had them boys. I said, baby, you had, had, it was like old country buffet. Have your pick. Go in and get a little sample of this, a little sample of that. Get you a little dessert. Honey, that one of them boys was so fruity, honey, that was the dessert entree right there. So you 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 dipping and diving and sipping and sampling and tipping and dipping. But 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 you but you he was going to a boys club looking like it's a golden corral. But you that but that's what I'm saying. It's it's sad. It's really sad that we living in a society of intolerance. And I'm just saying if you against that, that's that's your right. That's your opinion. That's okay. But to deny people the liberty of living their life the way they choose to and loving who they want to love, regardless of what your opinion is, and you want to kill people, how is that how how what you need to question what religion you serve. Like, if you, you know, because God ain't told you to go do something like that. Right. You know, let people live. Let people um, let people live their lives. Like, you know, they're not affecting you. They're not affecting um, your family and your personal well-being. It doesn't matter what someone is into or what they, who they choose to love or however they choose to live their life. If they're not hurting anybody and they show not hurt enough hurting you, then you leave them alone. You know, so I just I just think it's just really sad. Um, you know, like they said, we're gonna get into this more um when I talk to C on we do do our segment next um on Thursday. But I just wanted to just kinda get that segue into what we're gonna talk about next week. Um, because I think that's about it. But I said we really have to become more tolerant of differences in this country. I mean and, and it's just not even just that, just even political differences, even just ways of thinking and just things like that. Everybody's not going to agree. Everybody's not going to have the same point of view all the time. But when does it uh, warrant you to go and kill somebody or to uh, violate somebody's uh, civil liberties, you know, as a human being? Like, when, when does that... When is that ever justifiable? Like it's 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 sad. It's really sad. But we're gonna get into that more um, on our next broadcast. But I'm gonna um, go ahead and wrap this up real quick. Before I wrap this up, I'm gonna ask if you have anything else you wanted to talk about or. No, man. I, I'm I'm actually. Getting ready to go to bed myself. So I got to be up in a few hours. All right. Well, we. I just want to thank you for uh, coming on tonight. Uh, check us out on YouTube.com/slash UCOFW. Join our Facebook group page at www. Uh, Facebook.com. You can get on there and just search the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, and you'll find us on there. Or put in UCOFW. Uh, But that's it, and until then, um, we'll see you on the next broadcast. Thank you, and good night. All right, brother. You have a good one. All right, you too.